Easy listening to and you are FM 103.7. It's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath David Lomond. If you'd like to put a call through, we'd love to hear from you. Now, David, let's find out some of the different manners of emotional distress. Emotional distress can be all different sorts of things. It can be sadness, it can be anxiety or addictions. It can be obsession even. It can be... Um, compulsions, repetitive self-sabotaging behaviours, you know, some people cut their wrists even, you know, all sorts of angry or bleak or agitated moods, all those sort of things can be held within us as emotional distress. We may not show it to the outside world, but we've got it within us and we walk around with this big bag of emotional stuff we don't know what to do with. Okay, so what can some of those be, some of the other ones that we go through in life? The important thing to me is not so much what the emotional distress is, but what people can actually do to heal themselves of those stresses. Because in truth, I believe all healing comes from within. And I also don't believe that drugs are ever going to heal anyone, nor of their emotional distress, nor is just talking about it going to do that. We actually have to get to a point where people take action about the things that they're holding on to and be willing to look within to find what those things are and then what they can do about them. Now, you've got 10 tips for emotional healing. Let's go through those. Look, all I did today was I went to um, uh, the internet and uh, Dr. Eric Massell, who has an um, article there, 10 Tips for Emotional Healing, and, you know, that's in Psychology Today. It was written up in Psychology Today. So it's a, it's a really prime example of the, the way that thinking is going regarding the inner healing that is needed for people. So I'm just going to run through the f first three of these. The first one is be yourself. And then the second one is invent yourself. And the third one is love and be loved. So they're just the headings. But if you come back to be yourself, you know, you as Dave, by this stage of your life, ought to know who you are. You know, we all ought to know by this stage of our life who we are. Yet it's taken me quite a degree of work on myself to actually know who I am and what I'm capable of and what I'm not capable of through experiment, through trial and error, through knowing myself more and through the experience that I've had. Now, if I'd been carrying around a whole lot of other bigger emotional issues than what I was carrying, I still wouldn't know who I am because I'd be so busy back there with the sadness and the depression and everything else that I might have been loaded down with that I just wouldn't have known who I, who I was. It does take effort. It does take action. It does take work to actually know yourself. My belief, though, is that once you do, you will find out there's nothing wrong with you. You know, most people think there's something really badly wrong with them when they're in emotional distress. But when you dig down deep and you relieve all the pressure, you actually find out there's nothing wrong. It's just perception. It's just what we believed about ourselves because we took on someone else's belief usually. Now, what about this next one, invent yourself? Yeah, invent yourself says... Who are you? What is original me? Who am I? And, you know, going back to the other one, it says, you know, what's my beliefs? What's my opinions? What's my values? What clothes do I want to wear? What food do I want to eat? What things do I want to say? Not to hurt anybody else, but just my own expression of myself. So many people I've dealt with, 
they wanted to be a singer, but for some reason they got criticized, so they stopped singing, or they wanted to be a musician and they stopped being a musician, or they wanted to be this. You know, we do it so easily because people are so reactive to what others might say that they shut themselves down and they don't know who they are. So it's important to be able to look in the mirror and know, that's me, that's who I am. I might have this health issue and this thing going on, but I'm comfortable within myself. What about number three on your top ten hips, tips there for emotional healing? Well, as uh, Dr. Eric says, we feel happier, warmer and better, live longer and experience life as more meaningful if we love and let ourselves be loved. And that's one of the hardest things in the world for most people to do because when you've grown up not feeling loved, then it's very difficult to know how to love ourselves or anyone else and to allow ourselves to be loved. And one of the biggest and the hardest things that I find for people is to be able to receive love. And that stops so many flowing of energy within their body when you can't be loved. You know, the heart is our emotional center, I believe, and the heart is there to be loved and to be openly loved. And if that doesn't happen, our whole system tends to shut down in different ways. You are listening to Health and Wellbeing with naturopath David Lomond. We are continuing today, making our way through 10 tips for emotional healing. I think we're up around about number four, David. We are. Get a grip on your mind. And, and basically what he's saying is that thinking thoughts do not, that do not serve you is the equivalent of serving yourself up emotional distress. So it takes work, but people can actually train themselves not to think those thoughts. So from in the past uh, with clients where they've been all negative about themselves, they've been able to develop different thought patterns and their thought patterns are more about how their life is going to be, what their intentions are going to be, where their life is going to go to and their belief in themselves rather than the old negativity of the past. So it's just a way of helping them to heal what is what their mind is dishing up because you don't have to just accept what the mind dishes up. You can do things with it. Now, halfway through the top 10 here, this is probably for me, one of the most interesting ones at number five, forget the past. It is. And the difficulty with forgetting the past, and it sometimes seems so simple just to say, forget the past. And I don't ever believe that we need to totally forget the past, but we need to let go of the misery associated with the past. And the important thing with that is to learn to look more towards the future and to stay present now and not to be attached to what happened in the past. My father beat me. My mother didn't love me. Those sort of things need to be dealt with. They need to be let go of because they're not affecting us now. When someone's anxious about something, it's not because something is affecting us now. It's because they learned to be anxious in the past and they've carried it forward. So it's important to learn how to let things go. Now, that anxiousness and that anxiety carries over into number six on your list. It does. And he labeled it flip the anxiety switch off. And what he's talking about is that we hold anxiety within our body. It affects our heart. It affects our breathing. It affects all the different ways in which we function in society. And if we keep running old patterns where we're afraid of everything or some things upset us and other things don't upset us, but we, we're more focused on what upsets us, then our life is going to continue to be more miserable than it needs to be. 
The next one on the list here, number seven, is very interesting. Can you uh, tell us a bit more about this one? Well, make meaning by making daily meaning of your life by finding things to do and focusing on what it is you're going to do, even if it's going for a walk on the beach each morning, you know, if it's uh, looking forward to your next holiday, if it's looking forward to a visit by a friend or going somewhere to visit, just making some sort of meaning out of your life actually makes a huge difference to the way in which you approach the day. And basically, we only have to live one minute at a time, then one hour at a time, then one day at a time, and then one week at a time. And as we live those weeks more and more in a balanced state, then a lot of issues from the past just drift away. We've got Reg joining us now from Cahiba, David. Yeah, hello, Reg. Good morning, David. Good afternoon, I mean, David. I read a very interesting book many years ago, and it was I can't remember the name of the person that actually wrote the book but he's saying in the book was that you'll you'll see it when you believe it and he went on to say that it's not the spider bite that kills you it's the venom that runs through your body and i think what you're saying today is pretty right so about your past and and moving on to the future thanks for that reg yeah yeah no it really is and uh, i'm not sure who wrote that but i have heard that saying before yeah Okay, so that is good. Thank you. For, we're on the same page together there. Now, we're joining Trev. Trev's with us from Maitland. Hello, Trev. Hello, you got me? Got you. I've sort of been listening to everything you've been saying, but I I think my, most of my problems is I can't let go of the past. And that's not unusual, Trev. Um, I'm, well, I'll, I'll give you a rough idea of what's going on, what has been going on. Um, I'm 58 I lost my son in 2002, who was 26, in a car accident. Uh, I then lost my cousin, young cousin, who committed suicide, who I was very close to and raised. Um, I've had a lot of grief since since then. Uh, I also lost my husband four years this October. Um, then I lost his mum 12 months after that, then my stepmother 12 months after that. I've also got my sister living with me now because my father can't handle looking after her because she's partly disabled. Yes. I live in, I live in a three-bedroom house with nine people, and I haven't had time to grieve myself. No, and that's a very difficult situation to be in. Do you have any support structure around you that you can go to? Faith, anything, <clears throat> anything at all where you can get some assistance? Uh, no, not really. I find it really hard to um, trust people or find someone that I can talk to that I feel comfortable talking to. Look, it's it's a difficult situation, grief, because it lodges in us and we need to express it. And... That's something where even if you can write, even if you can get a a book and a pen and sit outside for an hour a day and just write, you can help to express things that way. But there's no short answers here. It really is something that you, you will have to spend some time doing to express what you're feeling when you're ready to because nobody can push you into that place. You have to get there yourself when you are ready to do something about what's been happening. 
so interested and thank you so much for sharing with us today. David would like to talk to you further about this. So if you could, we'll get you to hold on there and please give him your number because I think he can offer you some direction and some help there. But it's something he would like to discuss with you off the air. So please hold on there. We will get your number from you and get some more details and uh, can have a, a more extensive talk off here, which I think is what is needed here. As we move back onto your list again, we are up to number eight. We had a look at Make Meaning. Where do we go to with number eight? Well, let meaning trump mood. So you can wake up sad, then you can actually get... See, if you remember being a little child or seeing children in playgrounds, they go from sad to angry to happy to joyful to blissful to crying to every emotion under the sun in a very short period of time because they're not holding on to anything. What we tend to do as adults is that because we haven't been trained that way, we've held on to things. So we can wake up every morning feeling sad... Or we can wake up each morning and say, well, okay, I feel a bit sad. However, this is what I'm going to do today. And get on and do those things which give meaning to your life. And that meaning will trump the actual mood that you wake up with. David, number nine. This is a very interesting one. Share this one with us. Upgrade your personality. And basically what uh, Eric is, Dr. Eric is saying, you may be angrier than you would like to be, more impulsive, more scattered, more self-sabotaging, more undisciplined or more frightened. And if so, you need a personality upgrade. Now, basically what it means is focusing on one of those points and ask yourself, do I want to carry this forward or would I like to change it? And then working towards making those changes. And all of those changes will make a difference in your actual personality and the way that you present to others and the way you feel about yourself. That's quite an interesting one, that one there. And finally, on the uh, 10 tips for emotional healing, number 10, where are we at? Deal with circumstances. And as he says, circumstances matter. Economic circumstances matter. How much money we have. Relationships matter. Work conditions matter. Health matters. And emotional healing requires that you take real action in the world, that you find a counsellor, a spiritual advisor, someone to work with, a naturopath, a nutritionist, no matter what the issue is, that you actually take action, that you find a way to help you overcome whatever the circumstance may be. I haven't come across too many issues that my clients have had that I haven't been able to help them with, not always personally, but by directing them towards the right source. And it makes a real difference when people understand that there is someone there that can listen to their issues and help them make better decisions. Now, tell us a bit more about these tips, where they've come from, and how we could find out more if we want to explore them more from the man who provided these. Look, it comes from, this comes from, I just put into, because um, I knew I wanted to talk about emotional healing today, and that's all I put into the search engine and the net, and this came up, and it's Dr. Eric Maisel, M-A-I-S-E-L, He's the author of more than 40 books, including the just-released book, Why Smart People Hurt. And they actually have a conference on. Uh, if you have a look at the website, you'll find where that conference is. Or if you wish to call me, I can actually give more detail later on. And I'll give that information out, too, at our next um, seminars okay. for people. What's that number that we can call to find out more details? The number there is 44 888 
0448883838. And if you find out more details, the man who answers the phone's name is Philip Rankin. Just say that you heard on 2 and RFM. You want to find out more details. That's about it. Time has beaten us again. David Lomond, thank you so much for this week. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for everyone.